tell him about the Twinkie. What about the Twinkie? I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day! All of our team. Hello and welcome once again to Gag Reel, the unasked for and completely unnecessary podcast where we talk about comedy movies and comedy television and break down the jokes until everyone's tired of hearing of them. I am your host, Ryan Scanlon, and as always, joined by my brother, Will. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. And today we have, for uh, you know, third, fourth time here, uh, our sister, Rebecca. How are you doing, Becca? Hey, I'm doing great. Partying, as always. You partying? I mean, I got coffee and a dog. That's that's pretty... Hey, it's a dog and coffee cool. party. That's a party. I think we, we should jump right back in to Mean Girls. If you're hopping in right now, this is part two of our discussion of Mean Girls, the 2004 Not comedy. to be confused, this is the second part of doing Mean Girls, not our first part of doing Mean Girls 2, the direct-to-TV sequel for ABC Family in 2011. That's true. Don't. I've never seen that it's one. But I did find it while I was looking for this movie. That was free to stream, <laughs> and yeah. this was not. And um, yeah, if you have never seen this movie and don't want it spoiled, maybe go listen to part one. And then get the hell out. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. Just uh, get away from if us. If you watch it on Paramount, it's free. We don't know who has Paramount. Yo, yo, yo. Oh, you sucker MCs ain't got nothing on me. From a great to my lines, you can't touch Kevin G. I'm a math geek. So nerd isn't first, but forget what you heard. I'm like James Bond the third. Shush, shaking, not stirred. I'm Kevin the poor. The G is silent when I sneak in your door. Make love to your woman on the bathroom floor. I don't play like Shaggy. You'll know it was me. Because the next time you see her, she'll be like, oh, Kevin G. Thank you, Kevin. That's Getting enough. back at it. You know, uh, we, we talked a little bit last time about our general impressions and background on the film. But I'm curious, just kind of right off the bat, if there were moments that stand out to you specifically. Like, what were kind of your favorite moments this time around versus what you remember from last time? I thought Tina Fey was in a whole lot more of the movie. Sorry. Yeah, I thought so too. She has a very important role, but like yeah. when you re-remember it, you're like, oh, she was in this scene and this scene and this. No, she's only in like a few scenes. She's in a handful. Yeah. She goes full kind of Tina Fey, Liz Lemon uh, when she does. Like there's the moment where she's there at the soap shop with them and she's like, yeah, I'm just here with my boyfriend. And she points at like this old cartoonish kind of a uh, homeless looking prospector kind of mm-hmm. guy. And, it, and she's like, no, I'm just, I'm just joking and it's that kind of like awkward sarcastic yeah, delivery like a, uh, please that, don't that she's really yeah, known i really for. am joking please believe me when i say this kind of thing i think that scene <laughs> is great for like to show kind of high school students awkwardly joking with their teacher like they don't want to joke because it's their teacher but they get that they're trying to make a joke like yeah. all of them are awkward in that scenario situation is it also like I guess we're we're just diving deep into this one scene right now. I, I like how uh, it gives a positive kind of representation of, of teachers just, uh, or I guess a more well-rounded perspective of a teacher. Like she's talking about how she goes and bartends on the side. Mm-hmm. And she goes into it later on about like kind of her failure of a marriage and how she pushes herself to work so many jobs and stuff. She's a really cool character. She really is. I really liked uh, her introduction where uh, Tim Meadows comes in. So, uh... How was your summer? I got divorced. Oh. Uh, my carpal tunnel came back. I win. Yes, you do. <laughs> I like their cute kind of banter. Like, it's obvious, like, 
Tim Meadows definitely likes her, but they're not like super going into it. It's just kind of yeah. very subtle. Yeah, yeah. All the adult characters are super well rounded here. I feel like that's a good thing to jump into. We we talked a little bit last time about how a lot of these are SNL alum, but we didn't really dive into who they are and how hilarious Amy Poehler's character is as the <laughs> cool God. mom. The cool mom. She's like, of course, there's no alcohol in this, but if if you want, I'd rather you do it here. I could get <laughs> <Yeah>. you some. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, 100% just trying to relive her, her youth through her daughter in a very pushy and weird mm. way. Even like her, uh, Regina's little sister, like there's like oh, tiny yeah. little points of her little sister doing really disturbing yeah. things for like a seven or a nine-year-old. Yeah, it starts off like, with just a yeah. uh, milkshake and then it goes into, yeah, the girl's gone wild thing where she's practicing. Yeah, she's flashing. <laughs> Talking a little bit about kind of the di- disjointed editing uh, of this and how it kind of is using all these different moments and all these kind of like side interviews straight to camera but yet like when katie's doing her vo and describing the school and describing everything there's always these great kind of cut-ins of other students like when she first you know describes regina and then we 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 see all these other kids talking about how much they kind (laughs) of idolize her and then there's that great punch at the end of that segment, all of the editing here and just like, I guess it's probably in the script itself. It's so well paced and that you get like kind of the best bit at the end of the string of good funny bits of the the other student who's like kind of awkward and says the heavy flow line we talked about later. Yeah. Saying, oh, she punched me in the face. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> literal punchline almost. Yeah, yeah. Very literal. <laughs> that was the, yeah. Was it? A punch I do line. think it's also a really good scene when they're like first starting their take down Regina scheme and it shows how they kind of are failing and it shows the scene where Janice um, like cuts the holes in the tank top to yep, it try yep. to embarrass Regina but I get Regina so popular and intimidating everyone just follows suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just like, yeah, the same idea of like, that's this, it's a kind of string of uh, or a montage of kind of different moments of them doing this stuff to her. And they're all like kind of funny, but they'd save the best one for last there. Uh, and it works so well. Yeah. Something kind of uh, to get off of just, yeah, I don't know. We're kind of jumping around a lot here. But uh, it, something I noticed this time through with the movie was uh, how much good physical comedy there is in it. I, I feel like the, the comedy styles of this movie are really well-rounded in that it, it gets this really smart kind of uh, editing and filmmaking jokes and just funny character bits and uh, dialogue humor, but then also these great physical moments of like in the uh, the winter rockin' Santa Claus kind of song ending with uh, Gretchen kicking that boombox into uh, what, what's his name's yeah. face. And it, it just it's shot with just those two angles. And so you really get a good view of it smacking him right in the face. <laughs> really well timed. And uh, then also, just like in the background, like the entire dance, she's doing the opposite moves as everybody else because she's flipped mm-hmm. around <laughs> yeah yeah that, that was really subtle too yeah, i definitely never noticed that my first time around like when i first mm-hmm. watched it but when i i was like oh that's i don't know if that was an actor choice or a director <laughs> choice but either way it's a great choice there's um there's also that kind of slow-mo moment when it's like katie is like fully infiltrated them and they're kind of have become a full group they're going they're walking in slow-mo as she's doing vo and they're walking through the hallway and then it ends in her just landing in the trash Mm -hmm. can which i feel like is not only great physical comedy but also just kind of a jab at some sort of filmmaking tropes of uh 
of these kind of movies. Yeah. And just kind of mm-hmm. a great like ending punch that you wouldn't expect because it's just so expected to have a shot like that in this movie like this. And she's giving this really important exposition to the story of where she's at with this group and how much she's infiltrated them and taking over. It just it makes it so unexpected when she does fall into the trash yeah, can. We could, we could do a whole thing on favorite parodies of the slow motion walking trope. Because like mine would <laughs> definitely be uh, in Eastbound and Down when Danny McBride is walking through the halls of that middle school and it's all in slow-mo mm-hmm. he's wearing, and he's like looking all badass and then it just cuts to the real world like versus what was what he felt like in his head and he's just like walking around completely silent doing weird dances around people <laughs> there was also uh in the scene where she kind of breaks up with, or i guess janice and damien kind of break up with her in the in the you know the low point of her journey i feel like the blocking in that whole scene is just great comically and it kind of leans into that it, it, it's a little bit of that physical comedy as well of her being outside of the sunroof while Damien refuses yeah. to stop because he's 10 minutes late on his <laughs> yeah. curfew. And they're just, they're going through this entire really emotional kind of breakup scene while slowly walking because Damien doesn't want to stop. Now, it has a great stop in the middle with him finally deciding to hit the brakes because of something mm-hmm. she says. Yeah. Which I feel like it helps build the scene a lot. And then a great ending dialogue punchline from him. And I want my pink shirt back! Yeah, the actor who played Damien has said that, yeah, the two things he gets thrown, like, yelled at him most are, I want my pink shirt back. And, uh, you know, of course, (laughs) you go, Glen Coco. I think he also says one of the best lines of the movie, or maybe one of just the best moments of the movie. When And it kind of gets at this, like, almost, like, playful filmmaking that a lot of the movie does that we've been talking about. When everyone's up there, like, Katie kind of spills her heart out. Janice spills her heart out. Everyone, like, is giving these emotional moments and then there's this random girl just talking like cheering out her heart that you've never seen before and damien from the back of the room in the hoodie is like who like it's funny on on its own that he's hiding with these women and it's supposed to only be women and then he adds she doesn't even go here the uh the actor who played shane owens said that he was filming a scene uh i don't know if he's on the show or if he was guest starring on the show the blacklist but uh, he said in the in the production it was cold out, and somebody had a hoodie, like tied up all the way around their face and had big sunglasses on, <laughs> and uh, all the other production crew like uh, yelled out, "She doesn't even go here." And so he was he was <laughs> talking about how people people quote it wherever he goes, even if they they didn't even realize he was in that in Mean Girls, they were just quoting it just to quote it. <laughs> great kind of funny mix of dialogue humor and just kind of playing with the tropes of this these kind of teen comedies because i feel like this this is always kind of slightly parodying or just being self-aware of the the you know the kind of typical shtick of these teen dramedies while also definitely being one and being a good one yeah i think another way they kind of mess with the typical comedy is a lot of times they have every single character um change like they have a good kind of happy ending change gretchen does not change she just stays (laughs) gretchen even when she's like up on her little podium apologizing in that scene she's just apologizing that she's too popular i don't think (laughs) yeah i don't think the uh the heir to the toaster toaster strudel empire would ever change you know it's just it's unrealistic maybe we're not in that book because everybody likes us 
And I don't want to be punished for being well-liked. And I don't think my father, the inventor of Toaster Strudel, would be too pleased to hear about this. This is dawning on me now, but I feel like the the whole idea of a dad getting getting rich on inventing Toaster Strudels, that's just such a Tina Fey junk food reference type thing that just like yeah. no other writer would, would use Toaster Strudels in that situation. But it, it's that's I could just talk, like like Tina Fey's obsession with junk. <laughs> Tina Fey's obsession with junk food is just. I see the, a lot of the connective tissue between this and Thirty Rock, and, and a lot of just the timing and like these the style of mm-hmm. humor, and also just how many types of humor it blends together and, yeah. and does really well of kind of it doing all these different angles on comedy. Yeah, I guess I, I kind of want to circle back because we talked about this a little bit in the first episode, but we haven't really talked about it much in detail. But Becca, you were you were saying before that you feel like this is um, almost heavier on its kind of coming of age angle and just like being an earnest movie than it is a, a comedy. And so I'm kind of curious to talk about that and, and talk about more like the emotional kind of side of the movie rather than just spewing off, our, you know, all our favorite jokes for a minute. I would say it pulls at the heartstrings a little more than it would kind of make you giggle box. Jiggle. Yeah, <laughs> giggle box jiggle. Um, I like it. When I watched it now, it was kind of after I went through the whole high school process, and I realized that I had been a Regina, I had been a Katie, just kind of <laughs> wanting to be popular and fit in, but also just kind of falling into the line of like, should you be popular and get rid of your whole kindness, or should you uh, just kind of that yeah. balance? I feel like it, it, it says some stuff like in, in a really honest way that I don't know if I've seen in another movie. Like the whole sequence of, um, I forget the teacher's name that Tina Fey plays. We keep just calling her Tina Fey. But um, where Teacher she is Fey. in the gym with them and kind of late. And, and she, you know, asks them all like, you know, close your eyes, raise your hand if you've ever said, you know, a rumor about someone. Raise your hand if you know someone's ever said that about you. But um, I, I feel like, but you know, before this, there definitely were, you know, women led teen comedies but i feel like none that got as earnest yeah i definitely think the jungle scenes hit it like whenever <laughs> katie's just imagining the whole place is kind of this yeah, giant yeah. jungle it, it definitely does that there's even the part where she's like um this isn't the animal world this is the real world girls are mean in secret and there's definitely that scene of like oh yeah that's true <laughs> gushing from a filmmaking angle really quick I do really love how they transition into those moments by actually having all the performers, all the extras in the scene, like standing around normally. And then within the one shot, they transition into being animals. It's not like usually a quick cut to here's them normal version. Here's them animal version. It's usually them actually like getting the performers to like go from, oh, yeah, I'm standing here. I'm having coffee with my brand friends and then like diving in. Going full animal. Yeah, it wasn't it was like uh, I, I, it wasn't like a Scrubs style. Like here's where the, you see that imagination cut. Yeah, it was more just to, we'll film all the wacky scenes later, kind of thing. It was really well done. But Will, you were about to kind of tag on to what Becca was saying. Yeah, I was gonna ask you Becca, the first sequence when she joins the uh, the plastics and she explains to the audience that she's not no longer in the real world. She's in the girl world, and the girl world has a lot of rules. Having lunch with the plastics was like leaving the actual world and entering girl world. And girl world had a lot of rules. You can't wear a tank top two days in a row, and you can only wear your hair in a ponytail once a week. 
So I guess you pick today. Oh, and we only wear jeans or track pants on Fridays. Now, if you break any of these rules, you can't sit with us at lunch. Well, I mean, not just you, like any of us. Uh, fun trivia bit. Um, Tina Fey actually pulled the, you know, like the secret evil stuff from her mom. Because her mom would go around and whoever was wearing like a hideous jacket or like a terrible pair of pants, she would like compliment them like, oh, I absolutely love your pants or I love your shirt. And and Tina Fey would be like, mom, that's really, really mean. And she's like, oh, you know, they, they, they want they they chose to wear it out. So they must love it. And, wow. and yeah. But uh, back to what I was asking you. Um, so how, how accurate would you say those? Rules. I'm sure someone abides by that those rules. I would say the more accurate scene that kind of with the girl rules um, was the scene where she first gets invited to Regina's house and they're all looking at the mirror, looking at the flaws. Oh, yeah. And she's still awkward, so she doesn't understand what flaws like, they're putting Oh, yeah, out. I got bad breath in the morning. Mm-hmm. They're like, ew. <laughs> and so I would say that would be a little more accurate. I'm sure someone abides by the, like, oh, we only wear pink on Wednesdays. Okay. Yeah. I, I figured there <laughs> were some, you know, girls out there that, yeah, would abide by, yeah, no pink on Wednesdays, you know, heels on Fridays, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this was... Very early 2000s, Bratz dolls, Spice Girls kind of fashion, though. And when they're doing that slow-mo walk, I would say that's a very Brat Girls outfit. Oh, yeah. Ironically, all this fashion has come back around now. As it as we're around the 20-year mark, you know, a lot of these trends have kind of swung back around, and people are kind of leaning into this era. Fun little trivia bit about the fashion in the movie. Rachel McAdams absolutely refused for the role to dye her hair. So she has on a $10,000 wig. So it's a good looking wig. It's a good wig. I didn't even realize it was a wig, to be honest. Yeah. But speaking of old fashion coming back around, this movie being old enough to have the fashion trends completely go full circle nowadays, I think we should talk about how has it aged before we wrap this up. Diving in. Yeah, yeah. How okay. do you think it has aged? I think it's aged very well. I, 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 I think it's better on the second round. It's definitely kind of one of those, like, you rewatch it and you see a lot more things. Kind of like how Tina Fey's show 30 Rock, you you rewatch mm. it and you're like, oh, I missed that. There's some scenes you could definitely say that are a little dated. Yeah. I mean, it's controversial, I would say. Like, how Regina's very mean to J- Janet, Janice, um... To like the saying, oh yeah, yeah like the, the homophobia, the, yeah. the homophobia, yeah, the blatant homophobia. No, uh, it's an interesting dynamic because it's kind of both give and take. Because on one hand, the actor who played Damien talked about you know how groundbreaking it kind of was to have a, a high school character like Damien, where no one you know he's not he's clearly he's not bullied. Like he might be picked on by some of the, the yeah, but he's not yeah. bullied in a way that. You know, like, and uh, he was actually uncomfortable initially taking the role because he is gay, but he was still in the closet. And he was like, oh, should I take oh. this? And, um, and but then he was like, you know what? I absolutely should because of the fact that this is a character who lives in a world where clearly he can walk around and be himself without being worried about getting his face smashed into a locker or something. Mm. Um, but at the same time, then you have the whole Regina and the jokes she makes on Janice and... Yeah, like the, the, the homophobia taking place there. It's kind of like a back and forth dynamic. 
that it's just like you know yeah it's just i think i think it's just you know different progress has happened over the last 20 years regarding that yeah and so like even though this was definitely probably like you know a a milestone in in a lot of ways back then i feel like you look back and you see how much more progress has been made since like uh, the whole the the one uh thing i would say absolutely aged the worst which was the whole gym uh gym teacher and the uh yeah how playful they were with that situation yeah it's very like kind of it's almost cute like the way they depict that uh, it's definitely for the sake of comical relief rather than, you know, the kind of tragedy that that would be. Yeah. yeah. Not only was there yeah, that, there was also the fact the same thing that um, they did in, in uh, Romy and Michelle, when we did that episode, we talked about this. The, the high school Asian kids, which apparently there's only two of them, don't speak English. And yeah. it's like... That's an old joke, yeah. which is a little dated to me. Also, speaking on that matter... I feel like the depiction of Africa as like just this kind of savanna kind of thing was a little stereotypical. Like she never even like said which country in Africa. She just always said Africa. It seemed a little bit like a kind of very writer's room depiction of Africa. I'll give it a little slack because like they did show that sequence when she was a kid and she was speaking Afrikaans and um, and clearly like her parents were scholars in the uh, like the more like wild areas and and so i read a uh, an article that was kind of deep diving and the Ndebe tribe did exist so that vaz you know like somebody did a little bit of research mm-hmm. and, and little things like that but yeah you're right it, it was a it was a shallow interpretation but i almost wonder if that's just because none of the kids ever asked more about her experience in africa and so like you had things like uh you know amanda Seyfried's character being like you're from africa but you're white and little uh, things like that. Yeah, they where, did a lot of lot of jokes like that, like her going up to the only black kids in, in the school. Going jumbo. Uh, and, yeah. And saying, you know, hello in, in her African language. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, they could have done a little better. Just... There's also a, a handful of uses of the R word, which I feel like would not go in a PG-13 movie nowadays. Probably not even a rated R movie nowadays. Uh, I think I think they said it three or four times. Yeah. Do you guys have any no, more? How is it aged? It aged mostly well. There were some questionable moments. I think that was the big things. Yeah. Yeah. Still a great movie to watch nowadays. It's, it's boggling my mind that this came out in 2004. And now that is kind of looked at as what 80s movies were to us when we were younger. And it's yep. just like. Yep. Yep. Weird. Hey, yeah. that, is a, that is a. Getting all weird. Mind boggle. <laughs> I got one more joke I want to talk about real quick, and then we'll wrap out the show. Okay. In, uh, in, in her opening kind of moments at the school, you know, she's trying to figure out where does she want to sit. She's told by Janice and Damien, don't sit behind him. He tends to fart. <laughs> Later, way down the road in the movie, we get the payoff for that. And I feel like it's just kind of master writing, editing. And like, you know, it's the lowest point for her. No one wants to sit next to her. Janice and Damien are done with her sits behind him and then we get the only fart joke of the movie of one little little fart sound and smile from him and then we cut away i feel like you know after talking about swiss army man and a lot of farts over the past few weeks i had to throw that in and talk a little bit about a good fart joke in this movie the only fart joke in the movie we need to keep track of these it made me laugh the fart segment we need to keep track of these so that we could have an episode later later down the line ranking them all We'll have a clip show episode about all our fart joke talk. 
Oh, yeah, just a clip. Yeah, well, I think that's it for this episode of the Gag Reel Podcast, where we chatted about the Mean Gore. It was a great time sitting here. Uh, always fun to have you chatting with us, Becca. I had a good time. You can say a little more than that. I had a good time. And, uh, yeah, I, I, do you have anything else, Will, before no, we wrap up? No, it's been fun. It's a good episode, and we can't wait to have you back for another one Dude. next week. Yeah, as always, you can email us at gagrippod at gmail.com or you can go to our website gagrippod.com or you can hit us up on facebook twitter under the tag at gag pod and it's, it's yeah. been a good one if y'all got any ideas y'all can email us email us and as always keep, have a good one keep it real gag real it's over now